time for the Crime Report, and it is sponsored by the Crime Stopper, Suffolk County, 1-800-220-TIPS. Uh, all calls to be kept confidential, monetary rewards issued. For information leading to an arrest, Joe Jacqueline, of course, retired NYPD sergeant. He's a former commanding officer of the Bronx Cold Case Squad, current adjunct professor at John Jay College, and an author of the bestseller, Criminal Investigative Function, a guy for new investigators, edition number three. Joe, of course, a highly decorated member in his day of the NYPD, including the Department Medal of Valor. And it's always a pleasure to have him. Sarge, hope you're doing well. How are you? Good morning, Jay. How are you? I am okay. You know, I got to tell you, let's start with this this national story. Um, it is unbelievable when you break this down, folks. If you heard it, Central Florida, Polk County. Uh, a town called, I think it's called Frostproof, believe it or not. Um, but anyway, you had three friends going out on a little fishing uh, expedition and gunned down, beaten. Uh, it was an incredible scene from what we uh, are described by officials. Uh, and the leader of this, uh, this three-member gang, this uh, Tony T.J. Wiggins, and Joe, I called you right after I heard some of the elements involved with this case. The guy has like 230 felonies uh, on his rap sheet. Uh, his two state prison stints. Uh, late, the latest thing, he broke somebody's arm with a crowbar. What uh, precipitated this thing? Who knows? A truck, uh, an engine, the questioning. This is a guy who followed one of the guys into a, a convenience store, then followed the guy out, and that was the end of those three. Just a, as a horrific uh uh, crime as you could ever imagine here, Joe, and the and you wonder what happened here. What what happened with the system letting letting uh, letting it down as far as having this guy on the street? Right. Well, I mean, when this is when you you hear like uh, how bad our system is, and how oppressive it is, and you look at a guy like this who's took his first felony arrest when he was twelve years old. This guy T.J. Wiggins. Uh, I mean, yeah, 230 counts on his criminal record. That's not, he hasn't been arrested 230 times, so he, but he's got 230 different charges on him since he was 12 years old. Uh, I mean, uh, how does this guy even still be walking around is the real question here. How, how come nobody uh, said, you know, hey, listen, this guy needs to, you know, deserves longer jail time? He's, uh, he was a walking menace, and now you got these three people dead. You know, all over a dispute, uh, apparently he knew one of the victims from way back from this, like you've mentioned, his engine thing, something had happened, whether he didn't pay him or what have you. And that's what this whole thing is now uh, revolve around. One of the victims was, uh, you know, got a hold of his cell phone and he called his father and he said, like, you better come, uh, you know, to help us out. And uh, when the father got there, all three of them were already dead. Yeah, the kid died in his father's arms, too. Just uh, as, as horrific a story as you can imagine. And the uh, the sheriff in the case said the guy was just pure evil. Pure evil. And, you know, this is where the death penalty has to come into play. Has to. Uh, this is a guy who cannot be re rehabilitated. I'm sorry. And the guy is 26 years of age. This this T.J. Wig, I think it's 26. But in any event, uh, you're not going to see much worse than that. Which brings me to... What's going on in our cities, uh, Joe? Last night, another day, another night of unrest in Portland, Oregon. Fifty-seven, I think it is, straight nights. You know where, yeah, you, you have the 
Department of Homeland Security there, and rightfully so, by the way, and we'll go over that in a second, uh, to protect a federal building. And then you have, you know, Chicago, which, you know, again, you know, wake up this morning, a Columbus statue taken away. There's Lori Lightfoot, who is the mayor of this city. My goodness. Uh, mayor Daly, Richard Daly back in the day, has got to be turning over in his grave. Uh, but to see what's going on there, Joe, I mean, it is unbelievable. Let's go to Portland first. I mean, the mayor coming out the other night, this Ted Wheeler, uh, can't, you know, it's just an absolute joke what's going on with this guy. Uh, can't get it under control, blasting the president for the decision of, to send in the federal agents, not troops, agents, ladies and gentlemen. Joe, give me your take, Portland first. Yeah, no, I mean, we're seeing this uh, a repeat of the Seattle chop zone with uh, Mayor Jenny over there where they're just denying, you know, anything that's wrong. And, of course, it's the, you know, the president and the, the agents are the ones to blame for this violence, whatever. I mean, this is, it was going on for 40-something days before the, the federal agents actually got involved in this thing. So it's absolutely one of the most disingenuous things I've ever seen. Uh, this, I don't know what's going on out west, boy, but, I mean, between... Washington, Oregon, I don't know what's happening out there. But, yeah, this Mayor Ted Wheeler, is, you know, he's a, he's in the same class as, uh, you know, Mayor Jenny Durkin. Um, they're just total denial. They they placated to the to the um, rioters, and then they he, he nearly got them attacked himself. They had to they had to rush him away. Uh, they they pulled they had to pull him in. I mean, it was he was almost uh, you know swallowed up by the by the crowd themselves. And, they were calling for his ouster too, and everything else. So, when you when you kneel down to the mob, this is what happens. They, you know, they, it's not like they're going to be okay and say, "All right, we got what we want." They're going to keep on going, and then eventually they're going to have to stand up to them, and that's what's going to happen out there. Just like they did in Seattle. And and you know, for people who are questioning, well, well, what's going on? Why why are they out there, DHS? Because that's what they do. I mean, that's what the Department of Homeland Security does. They are there to protect federal buildings, okay? And when you have buildings uh, as such, what's going on in Portland right now, that courthouse, beautiful courthouse book, uh, under siege, that's what happens. That's why they are out there. That's why they put up the fence. And that's what you're seeing right now with this unrest. Now, let's go to Chicago because that's a whole different story there. Uh, it is an absolute war zone every weekend. Last weekend, Joe, 15 shot during a funeral situation over there. Uh, it is gang-oriented beyond. And, you you know, you look at the numbers now, Joe. 117,000 gang members. There are 55 different gangs, by the way, folks. And only 12,000 men and women in blue to uh, fight it all. And that's what you're seeing. Now, it's simple deduction here. They need help. You had a Christopher Columbus statue uh, being taken off last night on a truck. Crazy stuff. What's going on here, Joe? Yeah, I remember this was the focus of, a, of an attack by, uh, by individuals, protesters, rioters, whatever you want to call them, uh, about a week ago where the cops were, were stuck basically trying to protect this thing with no helmets on, no riot equipment, no nothing. And they were getting, they, I think, 49 officers ended up getting injured with hit with rocks and bricks and all kinds of crazy stuff. So they removed this thing in the middle of the night. You know, um, the mayor there, I mean, geez, she originally said that there will not be any federal agents in Chicago. And then yesterday she got, she acquiesced and, and gave in, and they're going to be some sort of uh, relief in there because they have to be invited in, right? So 
the issue that comes down to is that Chicago uh, has been, you know, taken off with the, with the homicides and the violence again. And if you remember last year, the, 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 the homicides were down a bit, and everybody was praising, you know, the, the, the progressive DA out there, Kim Fox, how great job she was doing. I mean, there was all kinds of articles written in the news. and You know, where are these people today? Where are these same people that were praising her last year because the homicides were down, and now the thing's off to the, off to the races again? And nobody is saying anything, you know, and that's the thing that really makes me nuts. I said something, yes, Harold Rivera was uh, flipping some channels, yes, and he was, he was spot on with this, Joe. You know, the old Rico, and you, you always talk about the Rico uh, situation, Rico statutes, whatever. This is like organized crime, you know, like the old mafia days. And somehow they have to resurrect and put forth... Uh, back in the old days, as far as uh, these RICO uh, statutes. I mean, that's all there is to it. And let's uh, remind the audience regarding RICO. It's the, the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. And it's a federal law in this country. And what it does, folks, and Joe, tell me if I'm wrong here, uh, it kind of provides, I guess, extended penalties, right, in a criminal sense and a civil cause of action uh, for acts performed, it's part of an ongoing criminal organization. That's what they have to categorize this right now in order to get things done. Well, yeah, it's the same thing that they've used against MS-13 here on Long Island. So you have to have two or more people, and you have to have, within uh, a short period of time, the two different kinds of arrests, and they have them outlined about what they are. It is an effective uh, tool about how they use to dismantle or try to dismantle the MS-13 gang on Long Island. You know, RICO is, uh, some people say it's overreaching, it's over, you know, it is just too harsh. But when you have a situation where the gangs in Chicago are basically running the entire, you know, south side, I think it is, uh, you, where the people are dying, it's like a, the number of people that are dying every week is uh, is outrageous. And nobody... You know, there's nobody, you know, marching in, in Chicago over this. I mean, it's absolutely insane about how many people are getting killed there each week. And, you know, nobody seems to want to, you know, care about that. That's not a, that's not an issue. Well, we're seeing now the spike in violence in New York City, Philadelphia, uh, you know, Chicago, St. Louis, all the, uh, all the places where, you know, they were hot spots before. But, you know, when you saw New York now take off, it, we haven't had this kind of violence in about 15 years. So, I mean, people need to wake up and understand that there's a huge problem going on here. And, uh, you know, whatever you think it isn't because of uh, because of Trump. I mean, this has been going on for quite a while now. It's all over the country right now. It really is. And it's got to be stopped. The cops are just on demand there beyond belief. That's why they need help. Send them in. Send the agents in. Let's clean up this great city. Uh, listen, I love Chicago. I used to go to Chicago all the time, Joe. I love that city. Uh, it really pains me uh, to see uh, what has gone on there. Uh, it's just unbelievable. I used to walk the streets, Rush Street and everything else. Beautiful city. I can't believe what's going on. Really. So no, I mean, it's, it is a really nice town. And not only are the cops undermanned, but they're undermined every step of the way. And, you know, if, you, if anybody's been following the news, especially here in New York City, that's the biggest problem. They've been undermined by the politicians. They've been sold down the river. And they have now been basically neutered. And, and the police don't want to be involved in anything because all the laws and stuff that they've passed has just made it so that if the cops do anything, they're the ones that are going to get arrested. 
Uh, and if anybody hasn't really figured that out, whether you're on the left or the right or whatever, you need to wake up to that reality because that's where we're headed. And uh, it is going not, it's not going to get any better from here, Jake. The violence is going to continue to surge. And you hate to politicize this stuff, but look at some of these leaders, folks. Uh, look at some of these leaders with the mayors of some of these big cities. What you see in Portland with Wheeler. Joe brings up Durkin in the city of love in that chop zone in Seattle. You know, you, you look at uh, our great city, of course, with uh, you-know-who. Uh, you know, you just look around the country here. What's going on? I mean, it's, you can go on and on and on here. And look at how the mayors are handling their cities. Where are the governors? Well, you know what? They're just as bad. Just as bad. I mean, it's unbelievable. Look at Jay Inslee in Washington. Look at Oregon. Ted Wheeler, we said the mayor. And look what the governor. What's her name? Karen Brown, I think it is. Listen, it's an absolute disaster. And until we change that aspect from a political landscape, it's never going to get better. It's never going to get better. Because the progressive viewpoints have permeated this country to the point where it is dangerous now. Dangerous. For all of us as citizens, and it's got to change. Yeah. Got to change. You don't have to look any further than that T.J. Wiggins guy. You know, keep on telling me how oppressive our criminal justice system is. And you have a guy that's been arrested so many times uh, since he's twelve, and he's still out there to commit a triple homicide. So, you know, that's that's really what we're what we're dealing with. Unbelievable. You know, we're all quarantined these days because of what's going on. Maybe you're better off that way with as far as a safety zone here. I mean, it's unbelievable. Joe, I'll tell you, you and I spoke about that yesterday. Crazy stuff. All right, let's move on to a couple of quick ones here. You got a couple of alleged members of MS-13 with a plea of not guilty. Two separate killings. We know what happened uh, uh, as far as last week's federal crackdown of the street gang and across the country. Uh, especially with the two kids that were killed a couple of years ago that really started all off, Kelly Cuevas, Nisa Mickens. But you have a couple of uh, couple of gang members there with a plea of not guilty there. And uh, the beat goes on, Joe, for MS-13. Yep, absolutely, yeah. Eight people, uh, eight, eight members arrested and indicted for six murders and other crimes on Long Island. I mean, this is where uh, the federal law enforcement agencies and the local police, whether it's Nassau or Suffolk, have been working uh, brilliantly together and having, you know, the try, try to clean up this mess that's been created, which we still don't have an answer to how it was happening and if it's still happening. Uh, you know, this is examples of how uh, federal agents and local police can, you know, help clean up something like this. I mean, this is where, I mean, it, it hasn't been perfect, right? But I mean, you, you think about how far they've come out in Suffolk specifically. With the with the task force out there, this is like a, this is a model. This is something that should have been touted. So, like you know, the president wanted to try to convince people about how well these these um, symbiotic relationships work. This is exactly what he should be pointing to. Look at how many members that have been arrested for murder, convicted, and sent away. Right? I mean, it's just it, it, yeah. Unfortunately, he doesn't talk about that, and unfortunately. You know, the media isn't going to bring that up either. Problem is, you know, when you extradite these guys back to their homeland, what you don't know what's going to be done. They could be released for all we know, and they're back out on the streets. And next thing you know, they're back here on Long Island. You know, I mean, it's unbelievable. So we got to take it into our own hands here of how we judicially uh, kind of navigate here regarding some of these individuals who are mass murderers. That's what they are, mass murderers, Joe. So they got to be taken care of. Now, another situation, and we warn people, 
especially in crisis times of scams. This guy is some, this is some story here. Guy at a Farmingdale uh, scamming allegedly a 95-year-old woman. You heard that right with the age. A 27-year-old, Miss Hale Romero, is accused of getting over $40,000 from this woman at a Farmingdale. Police say he called the woman claimed to be her grandson who had just been arrested. He was caught when trying to get another $14,000 in cash. you imagine this? And the woman kept giving him the money, giving him the money. This guy figured out, you know what? She's a cash cow. Let me try again. And thank goodness she had the common sense to call authorities when she knew it was nothing more than a scam. And the setup was underway and the arrest, thank goodness, here. Hell, I mean, absolutely. I think it's up to $55,000 in this grand scheme, uh, grandson scheme. I mean, we, we've seen this happen before. I, I don't know. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't tell us exactly how she was finally tipped off into this whole thing. But, um, you know, good job by her to, to, to figure out that there was something wrong. I guess, you know what, you keep on going back to the same, well, people are going to, you know, some people are going to question me. And I guess he figured that this this 95-year-old lady didn't have her wits about her, but apparently she did. So, um, you know, he had received about forty grand, but he had gone back for another fifteen. so they charged him with the grand larceny of $55,000 through extortion and, and everything else. So, I mean, yeah, this is the kind of people that are preying on, on the seniors. It's just it's unbelievable. There's a special place for this guy. Well, stuff, yeah. We warn people all the time. Please, watch your seniors. Make sure they know that uh, when these individuals call, just make sure. It's tough, though. When seniors live alone, this is what happens. All right, let's get a couple of more in, Joe. This is another crazy story, but a great story. As far as how we take down these individuals where you have a police officer, an NYPD guy from West Islip, and a couple other Long Island men, they were arrested on drug and conspiracy charges at the beginning of the week. An investigation was sparked actually by a fatal overdose of a man in Copac going back to last fall. So this Joseph Reckonow, uh, it seems he was the, uh, he was the guy. Uh, he faces a lot of charges, but uh, very good effort here by enforcement. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, everybody wants to hear these kind of stories, especially now in, the, in regards that the cops have always been under attack. And this, uh, this, be, this guy becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and just, you know, hands over, uh, you know, a, a great, you know, story to the, the to the cop haters out there. I mean, this what was this guy doing? I mean, he's responsible for hundreds of painkillers that said being distributed in this drug ring. Uh, it's just disgusting, whatever. I guess I, I hope they throw the book at him, and I hope he doesn't, you know, see outside of a prison for a real long time because these are the kind of people that just destroy any goodwill that the police have tried to make and just, um, you know, get to a point where you just kind of scratch your head and, just, yeah, you, and you want to know why. Uh, listen, I'm with you. Uh, you hope he's, uh, hope he's locked up for a long time, no question. Another one here quick, Joe, an undercover operation. You and I have discussed Iron Pipeline. Uh, prior, but, uh, you know, you had another situation, four arrested, weapons charges. I think it was like 23 handguns confiscated, all to disrupt this pipeline. Pipeline is used to smuggle firearms uh, coming uh, mainly, I guess, from the south. But the great stuff, again, with this undercover stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, it's um, the Iron Pipeline was the old, uh, you know, term they used for I-95, where the guns were just coming up from the south, coming up north. But uh, you know, the, New, the New Jersey police used to have a great interdiction program that they had dismantled because there was uh, 
it was considered, um, of course, when we were talking about, you know, racist and, and everything else, they said it was targeting racial profiling. And they stopped doing it. And then the flow of guns uh, steadily increased from down south up here in New York. And there's no surprise that we're seeing a surge in violence and uh, use of guns. It's just as simple as that. Tough one. Tough week indeed. Hopefully we'll have a quiet week. I don't know if that'll happen from what I'm seeing and hearing here. But uh, we will analyze it all with you next week. Always a pleasure, sir. You stay safe. You too. Have a great weekend. You got it. Joe Jacklin, The Crime Report.